the reason why nice. we are doing this talk is because uh, I think that you're definitely my most determined student and the student with the most consistency. So mm -hmm. I admire it a lot. It really shows. I think we missed since we started. I think it's been a year or something, right? In total. Yeah, so, we're just about right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, so it's been like around a year. And I think we missed only a few weeks, few because of my sickness, few like just because life comes. But we never missed weeks because of whatever drop in motivation or uh, because you didn't feel like or because you wanted to skip or something like this. And this is a very common theme that I see with other people uh, that that happens. So I think that you have the most motivation and the most actually consistency. So it's really uh, it's really in interesting going to be to talk with you how uh, how was your career? How did you start? And uh, how it's going on this transition from admin to developer? So welcome. First, um, I have to I, I have to um, I have to get the shell shock off. Like that, you know. That, it's surprising to me that that is the case because I feel like I'm I need to be more committed. I need to be more diligent. So thank you for your kind words. Uh, I just need a about two seconds to just you know, believe that myself. <laughs> this okay, is interesting because, yeah, this, this is interesting because I've never heard a single person who's happy with how, how good they are or like how consistent they are. Right. And I myself, yeah. I'm also not, not really, not really happy with it. And I've never met like not a single person who are happy with that. I feel like in some ways, like sadly for you, you're my, coding therapist as well as along with my mentorship because exactly what you're saying i feel like a, I feel like a failure most times if i'm honest with myself in coding I, I i am able to sit back and look at my coding journey from where i didn't know what a variable was to writing full methods and i say wow you know that is that's progress but in the moment when I'm trying to, you know, do some of these great homeworks you put out, uh, or I'm trying to look at something at work and solve it myself, usually I feel like a complete failure and that I really don't know what I'm doing. Do you think it's going to change? And maybe that's terrible to say because you're like a fantastic mentor and I've learned so much from you. It's, it's ridiculous. But uh coding is difficult for me and a lot of times i feel like gosh i've learned so much and why can't i apply more of what i've learned in this moment do do, do you have the same feeling about uh, your work like the stuff that you don't work for administration for example oh i i feel less that way there are definitely weeks and weeks and weeks where i get to thursday and i feel like from the admin perspective that i've gotten nothing done that i've tried very hard and i've gotten nowhere but the magic of it is one breakthrough and now you have a great week i don't know if this happens to you but i'm struggling monday through wednesday i have nothing to show for it other than maybe some effort and some tons of testing and attempts um, like Thomas Edison. Maybe you have to fail a thousand times and then, you know, poof, you get it. And then I get to Thursday and I'll you know, go for a walk or something and something hits me and I come back and I try it and it works. And then 
it's like the week is a complete success. Prior to that, an hour before, it was a complete failure. I don't know if other people feel that way, but I often feel that way where the progress, you don't think it's going to come, but if you keep pounding on it and also give yourself breaks where it's just like, I don't know about other people, but I can just run myself into the wall over and over and over again where I just really need to step back and let it float around. And usually something comes to me that, that at least helps. What, what do you think is like the, so I, I definitely, so I definitely agree with you on this, on this kind of, I think people refer to it something like paradox of automation or something like this, because mm. when you try to automate something, there's literally like zero progress that you can sh show until it's done. And then when it's done, it's like this and then everything works, right? So you deploy something to production yeah. and suddenly you're like, your whole automation goes in production from zero to 100, right? So uh, I can definitely, I can definitely see it, and uh, yeah, I agree that that for like for coding for me works the same, completely the same way, completely the same way. That's interesting. So, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah go ahead. What do you think? What is the what is the difference that you feel different about programming and administration? Is it just the experience? or what do you think i think uh i think it is a combination of things i think it is experience because when i started with you i mean you have these books right like i have this book here this like java book i mean it's like it's insane mm. so i buy this off the shelf i'm like i'll read this book and i'll become a, a programmer and i i can't um i can't say how much I can't emphasize enough how much the intimidation factor stopped me from really getting into coding. Just how, you know, like, and you write this in LinkedIn all the time, Igor. It's like, you know, you can do this. A regular Joe like me walking down the street can be a coder. You can do it. It's not the most, it's not that you're not smart, you are very smart, but you don't have to be an elite level of intelligence to be a programmer. And I think me and maybe others think the same thing, that you have to be incredibly smart to be able to consider, to have the arrogance to tackle becoming a programmer. And it's just not the case. It really takes effort, diligence, and just a lot of time. There are those books that say 10,000 hours. It probably applies. In this case, you really just have to put the time in. If you're willing to put the time in consistently, anyone, anyone, I think, can be a programmer. I uh, I, I agree with you. Yeah, go on. And, I, and it, the difference, I think, with admin tools is the tools are in a GUI. They're in an interface for me, right? I can play around with them. I can click on buttons, see what happens. I think it's it's so much easier with an interface where the tools are in front of you to use rather than creating the tools or taking someone else's tool and trying to modify it to your needs is easier. But I, for me, I have a long history of IT. so testing and going into a new system that's set up where I can point and click, that is something I can work with. 
I can figure out with my long history of just learning IT stuff over the last 20 something years. But but opening up Notepad uh, or, or VS Code and writing code from scratch, that's, a, that's something that's completely foreign to me. I mean, they say it's a language for a reason. I feel like this is Spanish and I don't know Spanish. <laughs> But the best yeah, it's, thing it's about like, coding too is like another baby step that I see, I apologize for cutting you off, is yeah. that it, it, like a language, like when you're learning Spanish, what starts to happen when you're learning how to code, it like listening to someone speak Spanish is that I read code and I understand it. Like I know what's <laughs> happening. That's a map. That's what's happening with that. That's adding to the list. These are my variables that are being used for this case. And so maybe I'm not the best coder and that is very fair to say, but I can look at code now and I understand it and I can write it a bit too. So I think that piece helps build confidence that before I didn't know, like someone said Apex, I'm like, ah, what did, I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, what is that? And then you look at the code and you're like, forget it. I'm not smart enough for this. And now I can open up a whole 1500 lines of code and read it all in a couple of hours and really understand what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. So I, I also, I also don't consider myself as the best programmer. I, I always, you know, it's, it's always you because you compare like when 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 you work with other developers, you also compare a lot, and you're like, "Damn, I I'm not I'm like like half as quick as that person, or not as quick or not as smart as that person." So I think that I think that people really put coding as something like super special, and then when they start learning, it turns out it's just a skill that you learn, and basically quite a lot of people can learn. I don't think that everyone can learn coding the same as not everyone can learn Salesforce, right? But I think if you're already in Salesforce, it means you're in IT. So it means you're you're kind of already, you definitely have the, the, the power, the, the the brain to learn coding. Uh, yeah. I hear what you're saying because I remember you, you had a session with somebody that didn't have any Salesforce experience. And I was in on that group session where you're talking about the progression of becoming an being an admin and transitioning to a developer or what it means to be a developer the steps of being a developer and and what they look like and you had someone on the call that was extremely interested in and intelligent but they had no coding or salesforce experience and i did think to myself that that is a monstrous lift in my mind you know not understanding um maybe even like database tables you know, because Salesforce is a, is a fancy database, essentially, um, and, and not having an idea of maybe how databases work and, you know, one-to-many relationships and just kind of being in and in, in living in Salesforce in that ecosystem um, and, and putting all of that together and not having any of that experience, that does seem like an extremely tough lift. And I wondered if that person um not that they couldn't do it but it might take a good a good amount of time maybe years yeah totally agree that's 
it's not like people can do it, but it's it's gonna take take unreasonable and an unreasonable amount of time, right? So because you need to learn Salesforce and then coding as well. So it's you you might first want to learn one of one of them first, either coding or first either Salesforce or coding. So yeah, I totally agree that my, my path was through the coding. So I I I I don't really know this how how it feels when you already know Salesforce and then so I did it other way around, but for you you are doing it other way around. So you're you already know the Salesforce and then you're going to the uh, to the Salesforce development. So let's go back in time and let's talk about the time where you first saw the Salesforce. Uh, how many years ago was it? How how did you feel? Almost. Uh, it's about five years ago. So my story is, I, I guess there's a lot of us out there. I feel like I'm an accidental everything when it comes to my career. <laughs> and I certainly am an accidental admin and an accidental, in some senses, developer. Um, so I had been doing desktop support at the same university for about 12 years. And not that it was a bad job. It wasn't, but I felt very stagnant. I felt very uh, bored, to be honest, unchallenged. And I was just trying to figure out ways to stay in IT, but maybe do something a little more enriching. Uh, that that being the fact that I, in a decade, I had done the same job, you know, installing software, uh, solving problems with misconfigurations, checking network connections, changing motherboards, things like that. They're all great. And we do that, all that stuff um, in an organization where, you know, there's a certain infrastructure where things also work the same way. You know, uh, I got a little bit unchallenged. I got bored. And I just noticed that I was on autopilot for a long time. And that doesn't feel good for me. Uh, I, I think at the very least, boring days are slow. So I'd rather be enriched and have my day pass by where I'm learning things. I'm, it's exciting to learn new things and discover things. Uh, and I knew that there's worlds out there to be discovered and maybe conquered slightly <laughs> if possible. So, uh, and what happened was in my organization where I was, someone is, uh, was going on phased retirement. So in six months they were going to retire and they were doing Salesforce. And I didn't know what it was, but what I knew is I wanted to do something different and I knew the manager. And so, I just went up to the manager and I said, I know that this individual is going on phased retirement. They'll be retiring in six months. Like, is there any way I could get involved with Salesforce? And I literally Googled it before I walked up to the manager and asked him about it to at least know what it was. Um, because I just, even if I couldn't get this person's job, I just wanted a taste of something along with mine at the very least. Maybe I could do 20% Salesforce or 10%, something to enrich me throughout the day. So this person was nice enough to send me a whole email about trailheads and how to get started. And I just dove 
in like many people do. I was in that trailheads, you know, doing badges and fist pumping myself in the dark. You know, like I just was, uh, uh, I love that it was free. And, you know, I'm not a super like Salesforce fanboy, but I, 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 there are so many things about Salesforce that I do appreciate. They have, they spend millions of dollars to provide a free platform to learn on. I don't have to pay a subscription fee. I just log in with my account and I can do trailheads till the cows come home. So I was really appreciative of that. And when I was in there looking at it, I really was like, you know, I think I could do this. When I was just doing, he sent me admin related trailheads and I did them all. Um, and I was just like, this is cool. I, I, I've always been intrigued by databases and worked with them a little bit. And I was like, you know, th this seems something that is interesting to me. So I just went back to him and I'm, I just said, you know, I've done a ton of trailheads. I find this really interesting. Um, is there any way that I could get like a little bit of, you know, data entry work or something to get a little more skill developed in Salesforce? Because what I've learned from uh, a colleague, um, is that sometimes getting a new career is just you need to put your foot over the fence in the sense of you still have your job right but maybe you can figure out how to put your left leg over the fence to the other job to get start to get some experience and that way you still retain your old job but you're also learning a new skill and if you develop that left leg enough, then maybe you can transition to it. And so a, a coworker had done that a number of times. And I really think that is great advice about transitioning, not just because I always used to think of it as I need to cut this off and do this new thing. But really I needed, and maybe other people need a bridge, a bridge to get there. So, I just thought I'm going to keep pounding on this Salesforce thing. And I talked to the manager and he's like, let me talk to the big boss and see if we can get like 10% of your time in Salesforce. So we would meet every week for an hour and I work with him and I just continued to do trailheads. And then right after he was like, you know, maybe this is an option. We really need another person since this individual is going up, is retiring in six months. I thought this gives me some time to really learn. Then I studied for the admin test like a madman. And I passed that a couple months later. And then I was like, this is sort of my history too, is people are like, this is what you need to do. And I'm like, I did it. You know, like I thought if I provided a certification like that shows serious commitment and then they up my time to 20 percent working with this individual and then um when the person retired i ended up getting the job as a salesforce admin and changing my career completely that's interesting how long did it take since you first heard about salesforce and you solved your like first job related task It wasn't that long. So I would say it was, I remember the month, it was September where I met with um, this person that I work with now. And uh, I would say he gave me the 
job of doing a new page layout and creating fields and doing a record type. And I did that in about a month. In October, I think it was maybe mid-October, I had created um, a page layout. I created some new fields and I designed it with sections. And I was also just with my past history, you know, if you're in IT and you do other IT stuff, things apply. And this absolutely helped me in the world of being an admin, my previous experience with, even though permissions are totally different with Salesforce that I was used to, I had something to apply it to. And in my opinion, you know, I'm going to drag you deep into the weeds, this whole podcast, Igor, because that's what I do. But I think uh, learning is through applying to other things that you've learned. The quickest way to learn it for me is when I can relate this learning that I'm doing now to other learning that I've had. So just being in IT and all the things I've experienced in my time helped me uh, be an admin and learn, you know, permissions and object permissions and org, org permissions. Um, so I would say uh, about a month I had done the page layout record, created the record type, uh, the new fields and put that into production. And that was maybe like a month, uh, a little over a month. And and then how long till you were completely alone doing, doing the job on your own? <sighs> I would say, you know, on a comfort level basis, it did take me some time. I would say, uh, you know, after maybe, I'm going to say like a year or a year and a half, I really started to feel good about being an admin and not as insecure about my skill level. But I, I would even go maybe a year and a half. There's just so many... You know, the permissions are just so different uh, than what I'm used to with like Microsoft with the different base permissions and the more restrictive winning and and uh, the sharing. And there's just so much in Salesforce that you can do. And sometimes in jobs, you don't do all the parts of things. You maybe do a little piece of something and you don't touch that for a month or two months or three months, and then you go back to it. And so you don't feel completely confident because you don't have that full experience because you're just touching pieces of this ginormous database. But I would say in between a year and a year and a half, I felt pretty good about where I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is interesting. The, reason, the, the reason why I'm asking how, how long it took uh, is because I kind of feel that there's on internet people have completely wrong timelines how long it takes. So it and it's surprising because you mentioned that it took you one, one half months, right? But that's till you get the first tasks and and then till you're confident that takes much longer time, right? So it's it's yes. much easier to go to go where you can write a simple trigger that's or like or like do a layout. This is like one step and it can be quite quick. But then the next step till you can do it completely on your own, that's the longest step. So so that's why I was asking about that. That's interesting to hear like year, year and a half. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you because from learning with you, like I, I've gone in and I'm like, oh, can I do this? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't, I can fix this. You know, it it will be a, a small thing, um, but I, I can do it. But then if you were to tell me, you know, like uh, write a thousand lines of code that taken like a class registration and put it in the Salesforce, like, I'm probably in the corner in a, you know, shrinking and in, in a ball um, because that's, that's a whole different ball game, you know, than, than doing uh, break fixes or solving a small problem. Yeah, totally. Uh, another, another thing that I, I feel like kind of people have misconception. And I want to ask you, maybe it's not the case. How much of your time on the job is actually doing the job versus all the other stuff like meetings and administration also how much is like actually doing the automation gosh that's such a great question because i feel like i can't even break it down into a week or a month i almost have to think of of that question like how much time you're asking how much time i spend at do, doing admin work right is that do i have that correct yeah yes exactly so, so how much time do you spend on like actual tickets that that do the business yeah versus other stuff gosh i think yeah i really have to think of it in a year i i know that sounds odd perhaps but like i i'd be put on a project like i was doing this project with a tool called data groomer which is like a deduplication tool so i'm in salesforce seeing how the deduplication is going but I'm not really, you know, I'm not doing a sharing rule or uh, a dynamic form or a flow. You know, I'm just like going in there to see if it went okay with this other application that connects to Salesforce. So that I, I, I'm put on projects that might be like a month long where I'm like, I'm not even touching Salesforce that much at all. But then maybe I have to do a flow and that takes me a week. Um, or maybe I have to do some sharing rules uh, that are pretty complex and require a lot of testing to make sure that people only are seeing what they should see before you put it into production and someone goes, hey, I can see all this stuff. This is awesome. And then someone comes and slaps you on the side of the head, you know. Um, so I think really I have to think of it in a year's terms because uh there's a lot of stop and goes with me because i have a lot of other duties that are not really maybe completely some even completely unrelated to salesforce at all um or i'm barely touching it but then sometimes i'm i'm hip deep in it so i'm gonna go like honestly 50 to 60 percent of my time is being an admin in salesforce and 40% or more are doing projects or something else. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking about a Salesforce um, automation, but I'm doing like an Igor algorithm. I got my piece of paper out for two days, figuring out how I'm going to attack this thing. And I'm not really in there at all. I'm just designing something offline. So I'm going to go like half or, or 60% of my time, even though I'm an admin, 
um, is spent actually doing physical admin work in Salesforce. That's interesting. That's interesting. I would say it's still high. So I would say you're you're quite quite liking this too. I don't know. Like I remember my my last developer role. I I was spending maybe forty percent or thirty percent on like actually writing code, maybe yeah. even less. Like sometimes like twenty percent or something. And everything else is just filled out with meetings with uh, some other stuff like requirements. Like you need to to talk to some user to understand what you want to build, and that's true for admins or developers, right? So. Yeah, yeah, it's shocking how right. If you say your job is a hundred percent this, and you're saying you're only doing it half the time or thirty percent, right? It's like when you verbalize that and someone hears it, it's like shocking to both people, right? Because this is your job; it should be a hundred percent, but it's not even close to that with all of the other duties and and things that you're things that you're doing yeah you're going to meetings you're on side projects you're yeah you're doing all of these other other things and i think in my case personally it makes it very challenging because i'm trying to tackle two roles and i'm barely tackling one which is you know i'm in i my role is like admin and developer and i'm really trying to develop my developer skills while pretty much doing a full-time job as an admin and it's very challenging for me yeah i think i think so at least i had this perception that you that when i'm going to be developer i'm going to do 100 development work but that's that's not, not the case and uh uh, I think a lot of this is just con context switching because you're juggling, you're trying to do admin work, you're trying to do development work, and then you have to switch because the more tasks you have during the day, the less efficient you become, right? You cannot switch between five different tasks if you have three meetings and two different tasks, so one about admin and one about development. It's super hard to do, right? Yeah, and I think, I think if I was if I was proficient in both, I could switch back and forth. And I don't know how you feel about when you code, Igor, but I feel like, you know, I need to go into the IT cellar in the dark and turn the computer on and not have distractions because I need to read this code. I need to digest it. I need to understand it. And then I need to figure out a way to change it where I don't screw everything up. So I think that is a challenge too. You you know, you're on Teams and Slack and you have this full-time gig going on. You're getting emails, you have meetings. It's hard to find that dedicated time. And honestly, how I'm finding it is after work. That's usually when I do most of my coding is because I know that I can just turn off all of my instant messaging from 10 different platforms at work and focus on coding. And I don't have to worry about some catastrophe going on or at least i don't know about it because i'm offline now totally totally uh, i do i do the same i do the same i i close everything make the room dark take the noise cancelling headphones and then i can code <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then i and then i enjoy it because it's just like i'm, I'm coding this is what i'm doing now i'm focused on it and that's when I, I really do enjoy doing it. It's just the challenge of getting that dedicated, focused time. There's, I think there's some enjoyment in, in this 
coding flow where you're so immersed into the code that you that you kind of don't think about other stuff. It's it's almost like I don't know, like meditation, but you, you become you're like, one. You're so exactly. You're so into the code, and I think there's a lot of a lot of joy into just being being present in like solving just one problem versus juggling multiple problems, right? Yeah, and I do find like um, doing real live tasks. You know what I mean? Like because like um, you'll be working on doing something that isn't related to your job in coding. And, you know, you feel like you have a decent understanding of it, but like in work, right? The problem that you have, you're swimming in it. You live it. You, you understand all of the relationships between the problem and what's going on. And I, I think that is helpful too it, when you're coding, in my opinion, when you're just working on, you know, you got this 4,000 page book and that's helpful and it gives some information or your awesome homeworks to also integrate, you know, figure out a problem that you have in your org. And because you're going to understand that problem really well, because you know what, your, your boss is yelling at you every day that it's an issue and it needs to be fixed and, um, and see if you can tackle that because that's a problem that you deeply understand and like you're swimming in that problem, you live it. And I think I can't emphasize that enough, how much that helps solidify my learning and apply it to something that is real to my day to day. Do you think you need, do you think you need to love or like coding in order to be a developer? I think you need to, I think you need to like it. I, maybe that is controversial, but at least with my background coming from someone that like there were many years where, you know, I don't know how many books I have, like the one I showed you that's 500 pages. I have a lot of them because I kept convincing myself that I would score the book that would get me there. But really what I have found it, with those experiences, which were touch and go, I go through a couple of chapters and I'd be like, I'm not smart enough. This is too hard. I, I just, I, yeah, you know, I'm not a coder person. I don't have the right, um, I don't have the right personality. I don't have the right brain for this. Um, but I, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, but from my background where I came from, you know, to you with almost nothing uh, of knowledge, um, I did have to love it a little. I did because for me, it was so hard and it is hard. I'm not going to lie. It's a year later. I'm not on easy street. You know, I'm not just drinking beers and writing code and it all works great. It's not happening. You know, <laughs> I wish because it sounds pretty awesome. But I do like it. And I think if you don't like it, you could still be a developer and you could do it if you have determination. But I think for people to really get there and be good, yeah, I think you gotta like it and maybe love it a little bit because it is challenging, especially for someone that is not a coder. 
by nature or by experience and is coming into here and saying, I don't know much and I'm going to be a developer. I, I think it would be a tough road to hoe if you were like, I don't like this, but I'm still going to be a developer because it's going to take you some time. What do you think? Uh, I, I think so. I, I have very, I, I don't know. So I don't know. This is, this is the place where I'm really not sure because you definitely need to have some, some kind of uh, drive. Uh, just, just a second. Did yeah, you just so lose I, your love it, of coding? Did you just lose your love of coding right there? <laughs> That yeah, the Zoom showed for me that I'm I'm still in the meeting in Zoom, so uh, it it was like a big pop up, so I couldn't see anything. Uh, yeah. So, but that 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 is a really big question that I that I think a lot about, but I I don't have the answer if you if if you really need to like the code or not, because I I feel very strange for the coding. I don't love it. I but I don't dislike it. And I enjoy it. I enjoy some parts of coding, but I don't enjoy other parts of the coding. And there are things in in career that I enjoy much more than than coding. And I would say if I if, if I had to build the list of things that I like, coding would be more like on the on the nine out of ten place or something like this. So I don't I don't love coding. I don't have it's not that, that I would code for joy in my free time. And not something that I also kind of kind of strive for, but despite this, I was able to go quite quick through the developer career. And even and even though I, I never like for me always coding was kind of a tool to achieve something that I want. It was never like the coding itself. I never liked the, the process of coding. Um but I again but I also don't don't dislike it. And th and that's the thing like you need to have I th I think this is this is what what like my opinion that you need to have some kind of some kind of either goal that you want to achieve with the with the coding or you need to like to some degree some parts of the coding um but I'm I know also there are people who love the coding itself like who love the the, the sitting like you ask them what is your best how how can you best spend time they would say I I love coding I'm just going to like I don't don't want to go to the bar I would rather go Go coding with my friends. Uh, I'm not like this, and I think that 99% of people are not like this. So I think that this, the, the, there's like this question of liking. It's it's more like to what degree do you like the code? Not 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 like black and white. That's fair. That's a that's a surprise to me too. Honestly, just knowing you, I really thought that um, you, you had a high level and. Maybe I'm making a wrong assessment, but that you really, you really, really enjoyed it. Um, do, let me ask you a question. Like, what is your favorite part? Is it the teaching aspect? Is the teaching aspect of the code a lot more enjoyable for you than actually writing the code, teaching people how to code? I, I think the best part of coding, and that that was always for me the case. I like creating something no matter in what like doesn't matter how is it through coding or through uh just creating some content on linkedin or on youtube or something i just love the process of going 
from nothing to putting out something. And if if the code is is the tool for creating something, then it's also good. So for example, if you're I think I think a couple of months ago I was I was sick in the bed and just for fun I created a website and and I didn't I did I like the coding was just 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 a tool, but I really really enjoyed so much creating this, the website. That so that that's for me the best part. When you go from from nothing to something working, and when I when I was working as a Salesforce developer, I think that was also the best part because you go to the client that doesn't have any automation, and then you go and you create on your own or with the team, you create this awesome system that works. And it gets deployed, and you see how they're using it, and they create and those uh, they create PDFs with Visual Force, and those PDFs are getting sent uh, to the clients, and you're like, wow, we just in three months from nothing, just by knowing some uh, some by having some knowledge, we created something in the world that works. That is well, so well, interesting to me because maybe that's part of what makes a programmer because I, gosh, that resonated with me so much because I don't know how many interviews I've been on where I said, I love to build things. I love to create things. And it's so true. Taking something from nothing, you know, like there's an empty lot just with dirt and you put the foundation and you build this house and you get to sit back and go, wow, I built that. And someone lives in there. The lights are on like that is amazing. It feels great. And I feel the same way in IT. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite things about being IT is uh, self-discovery uh, of like, oh, my gosh, look at what I've found and what I can do. And that part of that is like I've built something. I've taken something. Maybe it didn't work and I changed it and look at it now or I built something that wasn't there before and it's in production and it's working and it people are, it's helping people. And that that's like the most uh, closest you get to like godlike in it or that feeling the best feeling you can possibly have for me is that feeling where I did something and um, it really helped other people and I built it from scratch, just me. And that feels like, it really feels like a huge accomplishment. It feels really good. That's interesting. Now That's I sound like a narcissist, but you know, like, oh, <laughs> we'll just go with it. But it, it is like, for me, the best feeling in IT is like, is, is, is building something. And it's interesting that you say that too, because now I'm wondering like, is that a common thread potentially with, programmers or or people you know with other programmers do they love to build things that, that's interesting i think the way the way so at least how how i know that what excites me is is if you ask yourself why like if you're excited about something so i'm definitely excited when i see a new apex feature i'm excited about it and then you ask yourself why are you excited about that is it just because you love Apex by itself so much? Mm. Probably not. It's because because of what this new feature will allow you to do. It's like when we are learning LWC, why are you excited to learn LWC? Not because you love LWC, right? But because what it will allow you to build. And you think, oh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna build this this cool amazing component. So it means that that you're kind of getting your motivation from from building the stuff and the LWC or Apex. It's kind of just 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 just, just a tool for you to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so true. And I mean, uh, just to draw you into the weeds for a moment too, just to, uh, on the career subject. An interesting thing to me is always, would you rather work with a bunch of great people or would you rather have a great job? Because I think that's an interesting question to pose um, along with your love of things is which one of those would you choose? Uh, because for me, I would love to have both because I do enjoy Salesforce. Um, and if you can get both, then that's amazing. But the thought of if you have to choose is interesting too. Like, so let me, let me, I'm gonna spin it back to you again. If you have a choice of working a job that you really love, but maybe everything else isn't great, but just the job that you love, or the job isn't very good and you love the people you work with. If you have to choose one of those, which do you choose? I would definitely choose the one with people because I think I would get quite quite frustrated working the job that I don't don't like like with people. So I would definitely choose working with people. It makes I worked in both companies where it was hard working with people, like the the, the community of people was a little bit hard to work and and then there was another company where the people were amazing, but the job was kind of middle. And I think I think I enjoyed more just, just being with people. And I think if you have good people around you, you can always you can always kind of kind of get along with it with the job in some way because you can talk to people, you can understand each other, you can uh you can kind of uh, come to agreement. What, what what would it be for you? You said for you that would be uh, that would be both. Same. That, that, that's what, same. Same. You know, and I have a good mix where I am now, but I definitely have had both. I've in the past, I've had jobs where I really liked the job, but it just was a lot of misfiring with the teams I was working with, and I've had jobs where I really didn't like the job, but I loved the people I worked with, and all day long. I would take the job where I love the people I work with all day, just because it's it's hard to even say, because when you find something that you really dig for a career, like you wouldn't want to give that up, but it makes such a difference working with people that are stimulating and enriching to your life uh, that for me, that wins every time. Is it why you stayed 16 years at Cornell University, the people? Yeah, I think I've worked with a lot of, a lot of great people. Um, and I think, honestly, let's just get to it. Like, I'm a little career lazy, you know, like until I, I get to the point where I'm just like, okay, I really need a change. And then I make a change. But I'm, I'm often uh, a long time stayer, you know, like I just, I get somewhere it's pretty good or it's, or it's good and I kind of stick with it and then try to navigate within where I am. So I have a good mix where I'm at, 
and that's why I've been there for so long. Um, but you know, the the I think um, you know a good portion of it is just I'm a creature of habit, and this is the this is the universe I I know, and it's it's pretty decent. So I'm gonna gonna stay here as long as they'll have me. Yeah, I, I I admire it a lot because that's completely that's complete opposite from from me. I can't help myself jump from one thing to another thing. Like no matter what, like there there have been not a single thing in my life where I didn't want to jump to another thing as soon as I started. So and I worked I think maximum at one company for one and a half years. That's like that's my record that I could stay at one company. And I don't know if it's if it's more like a generation thing uh, because not, I don't think it's a generation thing because not a lot of my friends are like this. So like, I really admire it if you can stay and stick to something. And I mean, it shows, it shows also in how you, how you learn Salesforce development, because I see that, that, that you're, you're sticking to like schedule your consistent. And this is uh, just insane skill to hell. And this is why I'm asking how, how to be consistent like are there any tips that you can give or is it just 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 your nature what do you think i think i think a lot of it is my nature in that um i'm a scaredy cat let's just come out with it like i envy you i i would much rather have your personality type than mine if i'm just quite honest like i admire you have the, I'll call it the chutzpah to say, you know what? I want to do this. I mean, you went from working on a solid company, doing well to just saying, I want to start my own thing. I want to do my own thing and I'm going to do it. That takes so much guts, Igor, to do. I mean, I talk to you about it all the time because I'm envious of you. You shouldn't be envious of me. I'm the scaredy cat in the corner and scared of change because I don't know what change looks like. And you know what, where I am is okay. Um, so I envy you so much because you decide that, you know what, I'm going to take a leap and you're willing to leap a lot, you know, like you're, you're cool with it. And gosh, I remember, um, this is 20 something years ago, but I was working in New York city. And I just got burned out and, you know, I decided because I'm from more where the cows are roaming kind of guy element that the city, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my element. My element is more suburban, rural, uh, rural, whether that be, that's what I'm comfortable with because I did it for so long and that's what I grew up with or whatever the case is. So um, it took me a year of being completely fried in the city to quit without another, I, I had another job, but it was like, it was a pretty low paying job. It was just to pay, got the bills paid, but I completely relocated, quit my job and took like just a, I was working at a, um, like a, a, an alarm company that was, you know, like security alarms. Uh, from IT, and I was like answering the phones. Uh, but that took me a year to build up enough guts to do to quit and relocate somewhere else. So a lot of me 
and my loyalty is fear-based. I'm scared of what might happen if I do a leap like you. That's why I'm always asking you about it. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you have the stones to, to do what you do? Um, because man, I think, you know, it's like, it's like you're the guy backpacking through Europe after college. I'm the guy like the day after college that gets a full-time job. And, you know, I'd rather be more like you than me, if I'm honest. That's interesting because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think that the, the ability, like no matter how it shows very, it shows a lot how you how you study and that's why you, i can also see it in your in like if i look at, at your career that it, it also shows there so i'm i i think i think both i think both like like both ways of of living or characters they're, they're good if, if you combine them right uh so i think yeah yeah that's that's true that's true combination of the two would be would be nice and I, I heard this thing from an MBA coach one time that stuck with me too when I was making this transition I, where he says, you should never do a job for more than 10 years. And I, I don't know if that's completely true because some people do a job for 30 or 40 years and they absolutely love it. So that's not for everyone. But I think for me, it was a good reminder that it's easy to get stale. And if you're stale, make a change. And, you know, I use that quote because it's sort of what propelled me forward to make a change, to make a career change. Even though it was scary, I just got to the point where I had to do something just because I was so um, unchallenged that I needed to do something different. And it was time. And, and I was ready for it. And now it's funny because something that you're talking about where you do make these changes and I can't speak for you, but um, I feel like once I got the admin position, it, you know, like a lot of things, it's like, oh, this isn't as scary as I thought. And then this developer, whether like, do you want to also do development? I was just like, yeah, let's do that too. I mean, uh, I think if you put yourself into these uncomfortable positions, you realize they're not as uncomfortable as you think they are. And you're more willing and open to be uncomfortable again, knowing that it's not going to be as uncomfortable as you think it is. See, I've put you back in the therapist couch again. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I agree with a lot what you say. Uh, that's that's yeah, that's really cool. Um, final question tips to someone who starts uh who starts let's do it again tips to someone who just starts the transition from admin to developer yeah i think the first thing is don't be intimidated don't look at a person that is in the other office that's a programmer and think that you need to be as smart as that guy if that guy or girl is smart um don't be intimidated. Get past the intimidation because you can do it. I think that's the first thing. And honestly, that was a multi-year blocker for me, thinking that I couldn't do it. Even if I applied myself, I wasn't smart enough. I, will, I didn't have the right um, personality or brain to, to become a 
uh, programmer. So I think that is the very first thing is stop worrying about being intimidated that you can't do it because you, because you can't. I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing is small wins. Give yourself small wins. Don't try to write a whole, uh, a, a whole method that does a lot of stuff, you know, in your first three weeks, you know, have a, write a variable and then maybe add those two variables to, uh, you know, two plus two is four and then print that variable out, display that to yourself, you know, do a debug and, and show that to yourself little wins because i think you said this to me igor i feel like you know when i'm i love analogies you know how i love analogies but coding is like going to the gym you said to me and i think that is spot on you're gonna code and be diligent about it and you're gonna have these jumps where you're like oh my gosh i'm learning so much but then you're gonna plateau you're gonna plateau just like when you go to the gym at first, you're like, wow, I'm increasing so much. I'm getting so much stronger. And then three weeks later, the week, two weeks go by, you feel like you haven't made much progress, a little. And then you go up again and you're like, this is great. So I think coding and going to the gym to me are a good analogy. You got to be consistent. You got to overcome the intimidation. And you got to keep going when you plateau and you feel like you're flatlined and you're not moving forward. Don't quit because the next jump is coming and it's going to feel good. And then you're going to plateau again. Get through the plateaus. Give yourself small wins and you will get there. That's what I got. That's, That's my awesome. motivation. Thank you. Speech. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I think it was awesome.